hello, hello, hi, hello, hi. I'm back with another episode. It's so magic. I think this is my sixth. The sixth episode, yeah. Work rate. Love Work that. Rate. Love Every that. single fucking week. Love that. Do you know what I mean? Come see me. God. <laughs> Um, but yeah, man, back with an ep- another episode, back with another artist. This time I'm here with one of my good friends, Mr. Jordan McCamper. Hello, hi. How Hello, are hi. you? I'm not too bad, how are you? I'm very good, thank you. But yeah, I wanted to bring you on here because obviously, okay, when, when do you start following each other on Twitter? Years ago. Years ago. Like 2017? That I is think. time ago. Yeah, it's been, it's been a minute. It's been time, yeah. And I've been a fan of yours for quite a while. And when we started to become friends, mm. I think the one thing that we bonded over was music chats. Yeah. Obviously, you as an artist. Yeah. Obviously, me as a lover of mm. music. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> the bond was there. Yeah, no, it was. It, it was, was there. But man, like, so let me start. How's lockdown been for you? Especially, you know, as an artist. Um, I think as an artist, as many artists probably would have had things in the works. It was difficult to know that everything you've been pre-planning and yeah. making making plans for and like trying to put into place to then, you know, maybe go off on tour or even do like a small small run of shows. Yeah. To then know that that's no longer a possibility and no one has any idea of when that's going to be a thing again. That was probably the most difficult thing to deal with. Yeah, especially, I can imagine. Especially having a tour already booked in the US and the UK and Europe and then leading to some of festivals and then more writing and then more tours. Like It was going to be a continuous thing, especially having dropped yeah. an album literally yeah. the day the country went into lockdown. Yeah. It's like Friday 13th and literally curse me. But, you know. <laughs> no, but I, you know it's... Yeah, like, what is so mad is... It's crazy because you have that planned, mm. you know, you're going to many different countries. Mm. Again, this time it should be like festival season. Yeah. And that's just gone. Yeah. You know? Should have come back from Reading. <laughs> Reading, no, but yeah. Reading is, Redding and is such a sick festival anyway. Yeah. So I can I'm, imagine. I've not been in years, but I really, really, really wanted to play this year. <sighs> but I, do you know what it is, yeah? It's just like. I can't even explain it. I think lockdown has just been an enemy of progress for everyone. Like when I, when I look at the, the music industry, especially, mm. not going to gigs that's like my thing. Yeah. You know, going to gigs is like my thing, and, and mm. not being able to go to gigs, it's just been. I I can't even explain it. You mm. know, because that's like my escape sometimes. Mm. It's just going to gigs and you know seeing seeing my favorite artists or mm. seeing you know bands, but now it's like what the fuck mm. you know it's it's weird from a per- performing per performance aspect here. Mm-hmm. i'm also someone that just loves going to gigs i'll go to i've been to more gigs on my own than i have been to other people because yeah as a musician i love seeing other musicians who've worked on their craft on stage and like performing especially when they've just dropped yeah. eps or al- like albums i yeah. can't think of the last live act i saw mm-hmm. it's really worrying you know what? I think it might. I think it might have been Tan. I think that Tan? was the very. I think that was the very last gig I went to. Tan Solo, shout yeah. out Tan Solo. Shout out, very good shout friend. Shout out, man, like Tan. <laughs> that was the last. That was the last like, gig. Yeah. That I saw, and I think before that it was, Bombay Bicycle Club at Ali Pali, which is insane. Ali Pali. One Bombay of, 
Yeah. One of the most unreal shows I've ever seen in my entire life. I think I saw that on your Insta. In in terms of like lockdown being an an Mm -hmm. in progress, I don't know. It's had its it's had its ups and it's had its downs. But I think what I've learned the most from this lockdown period is if something is for you, it's going to come to you. Of course. And you know, sometimes you need to have very difficult conversations, not only with other people around you, but also with yourself. And I realized that I can no longer shy away from having like tension or discomfort or any kind of confrontation with anyone because it's not yeah. going to do me any good if I'm just just letting it fester within me. Yeah. So I'd rather have the conversation, see what happens from there, and then act accordingly from that point on. Otherwise, yeah. I'm just going to be thinking about it and thinking about it whilst mm-hmm. they're not even probably bothered. So. Yeah. Like that. yeah i think that's like lockdown has taught me a lot about myself mm. a lot about myself mm. um and it's been i don't even like i feel, I feel like i don't want to say like it's been a journey i feel like it's the start of me rediscovering myself love that love that uh, <laughs> yes uh, <laughs> but yeah but it's it's been you know it's been it's been difficult mm. but it's, it's weird because I've had to kind of do a lot of things, not even, well, I've had to try and do a lot of things mm. by myself mm. um, and, you know, break old habits and stuff. Mm. Um, and, you know, when you talk about going to gigs by yourself and stuff, mm. I feel like I need to start doing that, you know? I find it, I find it more, more of an experience because you're always going to meet someone you know at a gig. That's, that's never a worry. I met you at a gig. Exactly. You Do you remember? Yeah, we met Kayan last yeah, year. Yeah, exactly. Kayan, yeah. So you, if you go to gigs in your own, most most likely you won't leave not having spoken to someone. You, you'll know somebody there. Mm. But I think a lot of the time I go to other people's gigs as a fan, but also to do research. Okay. I, I love seeing the way people put together their live shows and what. Yeah. And why my favourite part of their, of their show was my favourite part and what they did and how I can improve on mine and, you know, just constantly learn from other eyes. Yeah, that's interesting though. That's very. I've never. I've never like if I've spoken to an artist, they've never kind of talked about it from that perspective. Yeah. Like the reason why I go to shows mm. or the reason why I love shows is to learn, you know, and mm. understand why they perform the way that they do. Yeah, that's interesting. I I feel as I've learned more from being support eyes than. Oh no, maybe it's fifty fifty, but I've learned just as much being support eyes for another for another artist than mm-hmm. I have headlining my own tours. Yeah. Because what I learned as a support artist is to there were like a few things, but one of them was to always always engage with your fans as much as you do off stage, on stage. Yeah. But as well as like as a support artist, I think it's important to always watch the headline act. Okay. Yeah. After 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 your after your performance, so whether you're not like backstage or like selling merch and stuff the minute you're done with that go out and watch the headliner because there's a reason that headliner is there and you're there as a sport artist to learn to get to that stage so i feel as if you miss out on an opportunity to watch the headliner each night yeah. it could be a valuable lesson that you could learn that they would have done or a way that they've engaged in the crowd and you just notice the interaction that they get back or like a really intimate moment that makes you think oh maybe i could be more vulnerable on stage okay. there's, always, there's always something to learn from that aspect that's interesting it's really interesting yeah. and that's why the album slaps maybe <laughs> well, yes yes let's speak on the album mm. process see it was a long time coming it's been a minute it's been a minute because i remember we spoke 
was it sometime this year mm. and I think you were getting your album ready yeah and I think I remember you telling me like did you did you did you scrap it not scrap we, it but you 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 wanted got, to add we got rid of four songs the album yeah. was originally going to be a 15 track album we okay ended up, yeah. we ended up getting rid of four songs mm-hmm. but I think I remember when I spoke to you because I remember yeah getting a preliminary email about how I was going to have an album launch yes and that's when that's when that's when I told you about it but then yeah. you also asked me a question about um how to get in touch with labels yes. as, as an A&R scout and I think yes. that's what started the conversation on that day oh yeah so I remember you were telling me about it yes so um the process of the album yeah it took a minute we started recording it in july of 2018 yes. and then finished it september 17th 2018 and i was originally told that the album was going to be out march april 2019 so then we tore it around the uk and europe mm-hmm. do festivals mm-hmm. and then do us 2019 in like yeah. november Makes then sense. Don't, don't go come back to the uk yeah and then do all three back to back from like February up until October of tours, writing, festivals, writing, tour. Jesus. And then the album didn't come out April, March. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. <laughs> uh, so? So, 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 when is it, so when is it coming out? Yeah. And I was like, okay, it's going to come out October 2019. I was like, okay, cool. June comes around. It's mm-hmm. not going to come in October. I'm like, okay. Um, why? And the reason because is that there were other albums dropping between April and March and October yeah. of artists who were either bigger than me in terms of their career mm-hmm. or artists who were within a similar sounding field genre-wise that they yeah. could cross over quite easily. Mm-hmm. And if I were to drop my album around that time, it would have got lost amongst the kind of rubble of artists all trying to do the same thing. So imagine like a funnel. If everyone was all dropping their album at the same time, eventually, where the water will come out at the bottom, it's going to become clogged because there's such a high pressure from the top that nothing actually feeds through, and the things that feed through is only like maybe twenty three percent of the hundred that's still well the other seventy that's still sitting above. So I was like, yeah, I don't. Look at this description. Yeah, I don't, Boy. I don't, I don't want that. So we decided to push it back for another year and then do do a tour, yeah. let people know that the album is coming out and then slowly pace ourselves from around May of last year when I released the first single from the album Under mm-hmm. and then it was What Am I, love that shot song. the video for both of them, thank you, it's, yeah. one, it's one of my favourites too. I love, I, both, I love the video and, and the song. Yeah, which, I love the video, the video is dope. The video, the video still cracks me up. Um, and we went from What Am I to Parachutes. Another song that I love. And then after parachutes, it was magic, and then we were done. We were done. And then it was like January time. Mm-hmm. The album's coming out in March. I was like, oh shit, the album's coming out in March. I should probably get my ass in the game. So then release day happens. The album, the album drops. I'm like, okay, cool. But by the time the album dropped, and it'd been two years since finishing the recording and the yeah. mixing and the mastering, I was like, I already know what album two is going to sound like. I'd oh, so you already had it in your mind. Yeah. The minute I finished the first one, I was like, okay, well, I know exactly how the second one's going to sound. So having oh. this 
now having this EP kind of ready to go. Mm-hmm. No idea when, but it's it's there. Um, having this EP ready to go has been a combination of the little bit bef- in between before I get to album two, because all the ideas on this EP are kind of tests and trials, and just yeah. to see how much not only I like them but other people like them, mm-hmm. and what I can push more and what I can push back on, just kind of experiment. Because with an album, it's a collection of songs uh, that make up a story, or just like you know, songs that you really loved and wanted to put on the project. Yeah. But for me, the difference between an EP and an album is the kind of ability to tell a story within a cert- certain amount of time changes. Because with an EP, it's all about kind of short, sweet, but also paying attention to detail. With an album, course, you can kind yeah. of you can long everything out. Like one of my favorite albums is um. Kendrick, Kendrick Lamar's Good Kid, Bad Scene. Amazing but album, one of my favourites as well. It's the interludes and the little bits after mm-hmm. each song that get me. Genius. Brilliant. Like it's And it changed the way that I now want to listen to music. Yeah, I think, touching on that, mm. that is what kind of made me change the way that I listen to music as yeah. well. Mm. Because... I, I was always a fan of Kendrick Lamar before Good Kid Mad City came mm, out. Mm. Went to his first ever London show. Um, Where was his first? Is that Brixton? No, it was Wait, his Camden first been, Ballroom. I was going to say, fucking hell, that was 2012. What, what, two, boy. Yeah. <laughs> I said Brixton, you know, wow, 2012. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. It was a ballroom. Yeah. And when I think of it, it was I think that was like the capacity was like 1,000. Mm hmm. And it was Kendrick. Kendrick at this time, he he was big, yeah. but not big to the extent like now. Yeah. Basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. he was he was. I wouldn't say like he was a smaller rapper, mm. but he was no like. I I if I think maybe like Joey Badass level. That makes that's a yeah. very good comparison. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe Joey like Joey Badass, Badass level. Like Dizzy Wright. Exactly. Lo- early Logic. Gotcha. Exactly. Yeah. Gotcha, so, gotcha. you know, again touching on that. Mm. For you, what makes a classic album? Because you know, we were me, discussing this before. We we were we, we were, we, we were, discuss, we were yeah. discussing it. Uh, for me, I think what makes a classic album, even though understanding that music is subjective, I think a classic album for me is an album that you can not play for six, seven months. Mm-hmm. And you come back one day on the eighth month and it still makes you feel like the first That's time you're listening to it. Yeah. That replayability and the comfort that it gives you when listening to that album is yeah. what makes a classic album for me. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter if an album was produced by Timberland or Rich Rubin or yeah. like Max Martin yeah. or some kid in Bromley on Fruity Loops and a laptop yeah. who's like 16 yeah. if the album's quality it's going to show it's going, yeah, exactly. and it's going to stand it and it's going to stand the test of time because mm-hmm. that's the thing there's a lot of albums that people kind of have missed because it's not had the glitz and the glamour and the commercialism of the number ones and the Spotify like billboards etc etc but it doesn't mean that the album isn't quality it doesn't mean that there's not quality behind the songs it just means that you know not everyone's got there yet and it takes yeah. time so i think what makes a classic album for me is definitely that feeling of comfort and familiarity so i can just leave it behind and then come back to it whenever i want to yeah because i think with me um maybe over the last couple of years within the uk mm. i haven't really heard many classic albums 
no 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 listen listen okay maybe within okay within the last couple of years I, maybe that's a stretch but i it's, it's weird for me because when i look at my favorite artists within the uk yeah. they're, they're different you know yeah some of them haven't even brought out their first albums yeah you know a, a lot of them have brought out multiple albums mm-hmm. but because the for me I, I look at the market so saturated within the uk that it's so hard to keep up with everything do you understand so you're listening like every single friday there's new music coming out Mm. and it's like oh i need to keep up and Mm. and it's it's difficult Mm. you know one of my favorite artists is amber olivier uk r&b amazing incredible incredible she brought her um ep two years ago Mm. two and a half years ago in Mm. fact classic Mm. classic and that's her debut classic Mm. and as you said, it doesn't need to be like it doesn't need to have the number ones. It doesn't need to be an album or even an EP that many people have listened to or is being played by like primetime radio and stuff. If it's quality, it's quality. Yeah. Do, you, do you understand what I'm saying? Absolutely. Absolutely. And as you said, sometimes it can be subjective. Mm. Sometimes it can be subjective. Mm. But I haven't, and it, and it's weird. Maybe it's me, but. There aren't many that I can think of and I can listen to. I'm like, yo, like this is so dope. From from the UK specifically. From the yeah, from the UK specifically, because my okay, so my my favorite artist, one artist that I love is Biba Doobie. Like her music is, I I dirty I, hit in general. Just dirty hit are just untouchable. 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 For me, best independent label in the country, mm. but that's just me, yeah. and you know. I always feel if with with certain artists, if you have a formula or you know or you, or you stick to what you know best, yeah. the music is gonna bang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? She's not released one song I haven't loved. Be able to do, like, like the new songs off of the album. Honestly, it's it's gonna slap. Fuck, like. What's it? Care and sorry, like. I don't. I don't understand how she can make me feel like a seventeen-year-old white girl in America, but she's just got it. She's just got it. I'm living my best life listening to Natasha Bedingfield. Like, what is this? (laughs) I was like, oh yeah, I feel like I'm in ten things I hate about you in my bedroom. Truly. Do you know what I mean? Like a black version of Clueless. I feel it. Mate, I was saying that. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, and and this is what I'm saying. Certain artists, even including yourself, mm. you pump your influences into your music. Yeah. And that's what makes it authentic. Yeah. So going back to Amber Olivia, you know her influences. Mm. You know she's into like 702 and like basically mm. 90s yeah. R&B. Like yeah. that's her thing. She's listened to it on Vogue. She's listened she, to Vogue. The she's vocals, to exactly. The yeah. vocal, from the vocals to the production. Yeah. So even, even the way that she, you know, arranges her lyrics mm. is crazy. Mm. You know what I mean? So, those are the things I'm saying, like, when I'm looking for classic albums or even classic EPs, mm-hmm. you know? Do you feel that there's been, like, many classic albums in the UK within the last couple of years? Within the last couple of years, mm-hmm. I'd say so. Yeah, okay. for sure. Because there, mm-hmm. there are classic albums for me that have just sprung to mind across yeah. multi, like, multi-genres. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. One of, some of them from, like, grime and UK yeah, rap course, and hip-hop. Yeah. Like, grey area. Little Sims. Amazing album. Ridiculous. Kunichiwa from Skepta. Amazing album Rid- as well. Ridiculous album. But then there was also going back further, Wolf, Wolf Alice 
their their debut for me was was a classic. Um, the Big Moon put out an album mm-hmm. not too long ago, and I thought, yeah, that 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 one bangs for me. Yeah. And also, um, the last record that the Arctic Monkeys did, uh, Tranquility Base Hotel and Casino. Is that last year or two years ago? That was two, three years ago, yeah. I think. But it's their most their most recent mm-hmm. album for me. I was like, yeah, that can go, that can go up there with the classics. I feel as though. I think also something for me that makes a classic album is being willing to take risks. Yes. And try, and just try some different shit and see if it works out. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But at least, at least you risked something. Yeah. And got out of your comfort and mm-hmm. were adventurous. Because mm-hmm. some of the albums for me that kind of strike, you know, strike taking risks and stuff are classic albums by David Bowie, classic albums by the Beatles, and but even to some extent. Um, there's like there was a, there was a rock album that I can, I think it was a Queen of the Stone Age mm-hmm. album. I think it might have been the one, the Clockwork one, the one that's like red and orange, yeah, or like red and black and the writing stuff. But for me, that that was a kind of risque album, especially especially around the time that it came out. But yeah, just will it just willingness to try something different and take risks with an album is, for me is going to make a classic as well. That's interesting because. I think you've always said that, you know, subjective, not, you know, that there, there's, I think you said before we started the pod, that there's classics that everyone will agree are classics, yeah, yeah. and there's classics that are subjective. Mm. As you said, you know, there's some people that will think Section 8 is better than To Pimp a Butterfly, or yeah. Section 8 is more of a classic than mm. To Pimp a Butterfly, mm. you know, which, I don't agree on that, but, you no, know, no, no. Section 8 is, that, is still that, a classic, that, but it, that, it's that not, do you know what I mean, it's, yeah. it's not like to pimp a butterfly it didn't have like you know the culture the influence the mm. impact that to pimp a butterfly had mm. um and yeah man you know and and this it, it, is is a funny thing because i think a lot of people i wouldn't say okay maybe outside of you know uk black music and uk black culture mm. that aren't really trying to make classics you and know, then artists aren't trying to make classics. Yeah, I, I, that's what I see. Interesting. That's what I see because the only the only person the only people that I feel make classics mm. are like the big boys within the scene. Right. Because they have that impact, they have that influence. Yeah. yeah. But others not so that's much. Really interesting. I don't know. I get I get what you mean because yeah. it's like if I was an artist and I and I said to myself, you know what, I'm not gonna try and make a classic album. Yeah. And you just made the album that you wanted. Yeah and it turned out to be a classic, that would be insane. Yeah. Because you took all the pressure off your shoulders and just like, you know what, I'm just going to do me on this project. Yeah. I'm going to make the music I want to make. I'm going to work with the artists that I want to work with. I think if that's works, what Jay Haas did. Common sense. I think he like he was just like, I'm going to do what the fuck I want. I've not listened to that album. Haven't you? No. I'm, you need to. I, I don't think, I, I don't think, I'm, I don't think I'm a Jay. Jay I'm Huss. not a Jay Haas fan. But I, I love what he does. But I'm, that's I'm not. Fair. I'm not, I'm not a J House fan. It's not like every, not everything is you know not everyone's gonna like everything. Mm, yeah, which is you know it's music. For as me, you said, for it's me, it just doesn't make music that appeals to me. Mm-hmm. But that's not to say that he's bad or what he does. He's incredible yeah. what he does. Of course, no, of course that's like 
not a bad thing to say. It's yeah. not, not everything, as I said, not everything is for everyone. You know, it's mad. But, Being an artist, there's some, sometimes you feel like you can't say that you're not a fan of somebody because you're an artist and you're in the same field. Like, I think that's ridiculous. It is, but there is definitely like a secret hush hush. Like, oh, you can't say that you don't like there's this many, artist. There's many artists that I'm not a fan of, and people look at me and be like, whoa, you know, mm, but mm. I'm just not a fan of them. Mm. You know? Sometimes you just gotta say it out loud. Because I'd rather not pretend to. You know, kiss your ass if we ever meet in real life and be like, yeah. actually, I don't like your music. Yeah. No, but it's, 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 as you know, I think that's one thing that a lot of people are afraid, they're afraid to hurt artists' feelings. Yeah. Because, okay, th- there's this, like, thing that a lot of artists do, they search their names. You know, yeah. that's they search names. Of course, sometimes they want to see if their fans are saying good things about them. Some artists mm. are like, you know, I want to see if, you know, there's a bit of negativity. Mm. But, um, you know, they have this kind of like, there's like this arrogance. Mm. Like, oh, if you don't like my music, this, that, then, you know, mm. it's on you. Blah, blah, blah. But I feel like that's a very, very bad trait to have as mm. an artist mm. is thinking that everyone should like what you do right which is impossible not everyone's gonna like what you do and you can't please everyone as well of course make what you want to make yeah. if people don't like it fuck them yeah if people do then yeah you, you know pour that energy to them make music to please people that you feel as though won't like it because then you're trying you're like straying away from what you do naturally that yeah fans who have been fans of yours for for quite some time yeah have gravitated towards you for yeah so yeah, it is, it, is, it is a mad thing. But going back to what you are saying about searching names, yeah. I definitely search my names, but I only ever search it. I think it's because I follow, I follow the Jordan McCamper hashtag on Instagram. Yeah. Um, because there's so much content that I, I'm constantly missing, like people making it up. In, so. <laughs> um, I, but I always see interpretive dances to my music and covers mm-hmm. and fan art. And a lot of the time, unless it comes up, as on my feed because I follow because I follow you. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna miss it. So of course. And it's and it's the same with Twitter. Like knowing mm-hmm. that someone that is out there has listened to my music and yeah. has been like liked it enough to like tweet about it. If I can yeah. see it, I'll be like, oh, thank you. Just, yeah. Just engage course. with someone. Just you know, show show gratitude because a lot of people don't make it to this point. Like a lot of artists yeah. kind of get to the first hurdle and quit, or get to the second and quit. Mm-hmm. Like until you're until you're like 50 hurdles deep mm-hmm. you're it's like difficult to imagine what your career is going to pan out for you like because you've given up so easy and so early yeah you really have to be dedicated to music in order to be not just a great artist but an artist in general yeah because you have to be willing to also say no sometimes and if you're not you're gonna get washed you're going to get washed very, very quickly and manipulated very, very easily. I think if I was to ever become an artist, mm. you know, because I have artists that are friends, mm. they know so much. You guys know so much. Mm. And, you you know, you've been through it for how long? You yeah. know, this has been your career for how many years? Yeah. You know, the art of saying no... I feel it's very hard for quite a lot of people, mm. especially especially artists that are starting yeah. out, because it's so easy for you to get taken advantage of. I've mm. I've seen. I remember Coach Radical talking about, um, you know, 
I don't know what label it was, but he was saying that a label offered him like five grand for three albums. Which is ridiculous. The disrespect. It's so disrespectful. The disrespect. I think that's when Kojo was starting out, though. I As think. Dear, dear Daisy, though. Yes. As, or even probably as, before. As, as the poet. Wow. Yeah, I think around that time. Disrespectful. It's, it's so is mad. Like he's not what like he's not top five in the country right now. I That's love disrespectful. Him. He's so sick. Yeah. And I think he just had like this um deal with, he might fo- even be one. with football, I think. I like him. I think he I think he's genuinely might be one. Yeah. So that's the maddest thing about this dude. He's not even dropped the album yet. Like every project he's dropped so far is not an album. Yeah. But it still feels like a classic. Put that Put put that amongst the classics. Like, <laughs> Jesus no, Christ. I love Kojo Radical. Yeah, but I so. think that's, you know, the thing. Um, as we're saying, like, you know, a lot of people, a lot of artists, I should say, mm. when you're starting out, you're just, it, I feel like some of them will just take a deal because it's, you know, maybe easier for them or mm, they see mm. money. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. this is what I want to mm. do. But as you said, the art saying, no, that should, you know, you have to be, you have to find out what your what your worth is very mm-hmm. very very early yeah and that's something i didn't discover until i was maybe three or four years in i didn't oh. realize how much i actually had to give and the quality of content that i could actually produce and make yeah. and it made me say yes to things in order to please other people mm-hmm. but also say yes to things that i didn't want to do in the first place because it didn't feel right for me at the time mm-hmm. And when I started saying no, there would be like tension because it's not a word that people are used to me hearing. So then it, everything kind of flipped in a positive way because it then meant that there was a discussion about things and if it didn't make me happy, it wasn't going to be something that I would do because I would no longer be able to put my heart in it yeah. because I would already have that kind of barrier to begin with. Which so, makes sense. Yeah. Because the, the thing, you know what it is, yeah, is... Everyone has their journey. Mm. Everyone knows what they want. I feel like, not even artists, this can be in general in life. Mm. People always want to take shortcuts mm. because, oi, yeah, oi, oi. You, you can't. For me, if you're an artist and you know, like, what your art is worth mm. you can't rush the process no, you can't. there's there's no way mm. there's no, you can't mm. I, you know i've been fans of artists within the uk mm. since i was like 17 mm. that only dropped their debut albums like last year mm. you know mm. because they did they knew what they knew what their art was worth they knew what they wanted to be how long has clear souls album been in the making for oh. exactly that response should that, tell you there. I will tell you this right now. That is a classic. Yeah, hands down. Hands Rose down. in the dark. Don't. <laughs> nah, clear soul. What I, for me, probably. This ain't even me gassing. Oh, okay. Being honest, I think it's the best album I've heard in 2020. Yeah. Honest to God. Honest to God. There's. Do you know? I've always said that clear soul is like a dark horse. Always that said she's sense. like a dark horse. She's I I I I don't know what it is about her voice, just her everything. Like mm. it's mad. She's mm. just a great artist, mm. and you can see as you know talking about 
pouring your influences into in, into your into your art, mm. and she does that like amazingly. She's dope. Do you know what's funny? I think what you were saying is album of the year. I think I think Leanna Havas is comfortably I can't say it yet I think she's comfortably taking her I can't. I can't I can't the thing about Leanna Havas is I haven't listened to it as much oh, as I'd wow. like no as much as I'd like oh, okay because even Nayo and wor- Leanne I got worried I got you worried. know even Nayo and Leanne they dropped a song and you know Banger. me I love Nayo, you know I love I love that song Woman yeah. is great yeah and I haven't listened to it as much as I'd like because mm. I've just been so preoccupied with stuff mm. but I'm I'm going to listen to Leanne's album again yeah um you know a couple more times mm. but leanna havis i've been a fan of her it's like for me speaking on her mm. classic album is your love big enough Ooh. i will tell you this one of the best albums in the history of british music yeah one can. of the best not i wouldn't even you give it like one of the best debuts it's like one of the best albums yeah, no, it oh no nah, man Getting your heart broken and banging out that's oh my god. Elusive hits differently. Elusive hits. Do you know what hits differently as well? Gone. Oh Lost and Found. (laughs) Lost and Found as well. Nah, she she's a genius. She's a genius. She's a genius. She's a genius. And I just, you know, even from like watching her um breakdown of Is Your Love Big Enough Mm. and her talking about, you know, this is about an ex boyfriend. Mm. I think um what song is it? What's that song? Uh, oh my god! Bittersweet. No. What from the first album? From the first album. Is it Age? Yeah. I can't even remember how it goes. Is it? Is it? No. From the room for first... doubts. Oh, leaving your room for doubts. Yeah. Yeah. That. Song. That's about a boyfriend. I think no. I think she said it was either Age. No, it was either. I think it was. I think she was talking about like an older man. Yeah. Like she was like, yeah, so I had an old, yeah, I had an older boyfriend. Yeah, age. And yeah, so I think it was age. I, I don't know if it was no room for that. I can't even remember. But I remember watching the breakdown track for track, mm. and the way that she dissects it. Yeah. And she talks about her experiences. Mm. Oh no, I need to listen to 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 her um third album. There was some there was some slander again again. on the TL yesterday about Sade, and I was like, in this economy. Sade slander. No way, no way. Wasn't Halle Berry like no coming way. out with the big guns? You was and no she's hardly on Twitter, you know. No way, no way. What was no being way. said? Because I I saw like Halle Berry defending her. There was some talk about how um, they were comparing her to Janae Aiko. Oh, they said that. Oh, um, Sade. Oh, something about Sade how to, yeah, had Janae to... Aiko has like more drama in her songs or something. I thought it was like oh, Sade had to walk so. Janae could run but in like a bad way or like saying that she, in this in this economy I was like I can't Shade. I can't Miss and Janae Aiko as well Janae Aiko anyway this, we don't slander on this on this <laughs> like Janae Aiko I'm honest with my opinions like Janae Aiko she's decent mm. that's all I can say she's mm. decent like she doesn't she doesn't I don't think she makes bad music mm. she just doesn't do it for me I was gonna say she doesn't do it for you no, she doesn't. Mm. She doesn't. She doesn't do it for me, mm. like other R and B artists do. You know, she's. I don't know. No, she's. 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 She's there. I, I like. I like. I like her project. Um, mm. I'm trying to think. For me, I really, I really like Janae. If her music came on, 
the way the way I feel about her is like if her music came on on Spotify, mm-hmm. I wouldn't I wouldn't switch it over. No, I same. would sit there and actively enjoy listening to it. I and be think, like, oh, that was a love, that was a really nice. Song. Yeah, like that's that's how I thought. I think she's 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 there. Like mm. not not I, I'm not saying I wouldn't I would never say like she's one of my favorite artists mm. within that genre because yeah. she's not mm. and she never has been. Mm. But I respect what she does. Yeah, simple. I also have to take into account that. I'm not Janae Aiko's like target audience. She's not making music for a man like me, so exactly. It's, but it, but I do I do love what she does. No, she's she's I, I think she's good. She's yeah. decent to be honest. Like, yeah. you know, but the comparison towards her and Sade like that's that's, 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 that's a mad one. That one is a bit mad that's still. Mad but yeah, um, so that's all the time we have for now. But it was amazing having you on. Thank you for having me. This has been this has been this has been in the works for time as well. So, oh, so long. I'm glad we did this. So long. I need to go home and watch that brandy versus Monica thing because I've not I've not I've not seen it yet. It was it was good. There was a lot of shade though. From who? Surprise, surprise, but from who? <laughs> brandy. Oh yeah. But of I course. Feel, no, but I feel, I don't feel like brandy was. I, do I don't the, know. I, don't, do I think it's just like. Knees? Did she do the knee thing from Aphrodisia? Oh, do you know what? Yeah, let me be honest. I fell asleep. She didn't, like, I don't think she performed Aphrodisiac. After, like, she the didn't do Aphrodisiac. That's the only song I've clicked she? on for. She didn't. Wow. That's mad. Wow. <laughs> the head just... <laughs> <laughs> I know. The knees, uh, man. The knees, like... Big, she was doing verses. the worm in the video as well. She was, she was doing the worm. In the music in the video. Was... <laughs> wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Wait wait wait, 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 what, <laughs> let me remember this video, I think that's him, oh my god, oh my god, oh, I wish she hadn't told me this, go ahead and watch it, and then text me, <laughs> nah, 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 that's good, it's crazy, I can't, it's crazy, but yeah, um, people be doing weird shit in music videos in the background, but this was like the early two thousands, like R and B videos. People were getting away with madnesses in early early two thousand videos. Like that Alicia Keys video for "You Don't Know My Name" cracks me up till this day. <laughs> How are you gonna seduce man over a hot chocolate? When I'm the so finished. No way. No I'm way. so finished. But yes. Yes. But yeah, sure then. Um, <laughs> socials. <laughs> Tell the people where to find you. <laughs> um, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. It's all Jordan McCamper. Uh, and there's also a YouTube channel I should plug and an album that you should buy in my website because mm-hmm. it means I actually get some of the money. Oh. It gets like that. Yeah, it does. You know. Stream Foreigner, guys. Spotify. Please. Apple please. Music. Tidal. Dem Man. <laughs> All of the streaming places. But yeah, um, this was so good to have you on yeah, again. Yeah. But yes, next week. Um, we have my two friends, Dylan and Daniel, coming on. Um, I don't know what we're going to be discussing. You know what? I wing this. I just come. I tell people to come. I'm like, Daniel, come. is it Mr. DB Catches? DB Catches. Wow. Wow. That's, That's going to be a spicy one. Yes, it's going to be a very spicy one. Um, yeah, so they're, um, they're coming on. Um, you know, it's just going to be conversations with love, talking music with them, or just talking about life in general. Mm. But yeah, that is next week's episode. Um, so yeah, later, guys. <laughs>